And we're off to the races um, with the new podcast setup, and it continues to improve. I have, I think I ordered uh, two boxes of 96 12 by 12 foam panels to help with the uh, echoing, and this is a little test to see if it works. And the funny thing is, uh, I have the headphones in, I'm listening to this, and there's still some echo, and you go, well, that's a waste of money on the phone. Um, It's not really a waste of money on the phone, it's just that I'm actually not in the podcasting closet because it felt a little creepy. (laughs) So I lined this entire walk-in closet in foam, and when you go in there, like, it totally dampens the sound. Um... But I went in there to record and I was like, what am I in like Catholic boarding school and I'm getting punished for making some lewd joke about some Catholic saint or something? I have no idea what's going on right now. So I actually moved the microphone back to my big four foot by eight foot uh, desk where um, I'm playing around with positioning foam on different uh different walls there's obviously only four walls in here because it's a standard room um maybe if i angle everything towards that particular foam wall maybe it'll echo less um so anyway i'm I'm figuring it out i'm getting it this is the most comfortable spot for me to to podcast and set up here because it's a huge four foot by eight foot desk and it's a 40 inch high desk um and so I could stand and work comfortably, or I can sit in my uh, drafting chair and work comfortably. Um, so I'm a big, I'm a big individual. I'm six foot seven. Um, so having large workspaces fits my anatomy quite well. Um, so anyway, what's up? Uh, wanted to remind everybody: you can send questions to podcast at chiefend.org podcast. Uh, at chiefend.org. I, I checked that and there were 3,917 emails in my inbox. And I quickly discovered that the vast majority of them were related to spam on the chiefend.org blog. And you go, what? You blog too? No, I don't blog. Um, but when I post the audio, it's in a blog format. And I had forgot to turn comments off. So bots around the internet had uh, shown up in mass and left me 3,917 uh, spam comments. So instead of wasting or spending, or however you want to phrase that, uh, utilizing, going through 3,917 emails to see if there was a legitimate question, um, I just hit Control A and Delete. So if you had sent a question um, and I didn't get to it, it's because I got inundated with spam comments. So you're more than welcome to uh, send that question again or comment or anything else um, to podcast at chiefend.org. Today's podcast is going to be probably kind of short and sweet. And I am titling it The Scariest Verse in the Bible. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, And you go, man, there's a lot of verses to pick from. In fact, I wonder, and you know, with this new setup, I don't need my go-go gadget arms um, to reach the keypad. So I'm going to type in how many verses 
in the Bible. You know what? I'm, before I even hit enter, I'm just going to take a wild guess. 66 books. Eh, Old Testament heavy. I'm going to say there are 17,000 and change verses. Ooh, 23,145. Oh, 23,145 in the Old Testament, 7,957 verses in the New Testament for a grand total of 31,102 verses. So you have 31,102 chances to find your way to heaven. (laughs) I'm reaching, I had to reach across. I did need my GoGo Gadget arms because I had to reach across the four foot wide desk to reach my Topo Chico uh, carbonated mineral water which I drank all of last night and then refilled with flat reverse osmosis. So, but I am reusing bottles. If you haven't tried Topo Chico mineral water, um, they're not an official sponsor because they don't know about this podcast and frankly don't care, Um, but it's delicious. Their lime flavor is the best sparkling water I've ever had in my life. Topo Chico. Um, In fact, they're so good when I discovered them two weeks ago, I instantly got online and searched Topo Chico stock um, because being a free market capitalist, I uh, believe in the stock market and uh, supporting companies that deliver good, sound, uh, well-priced products. And I found out that they were actually acquired by the Coca-Cola company back in 2017 for, I think, $220 million. Um they were they're founded in Mexico. I think they've been around since 18, 1895. Um, Topo Chico, delicious, um, delicious water. Anyway, so why am I talking about carbonated water on the Chief End podcast? I was thirsty. That's why three thousand thirty one thousand one hundred and two verses to pick from, and I am hands down declaring with uh, all the authority that I possess, which is zero, um, that we're going to discuss the scariest verse in all of Scripture today. And your mind's probably thinking something about hellfire, maybe brimstone, maybe uh, sulfur, burning pits of whatever, um, weeping and gnashing of teeth, etc., etc. And I don't even know how I found this verse. I mean, obviously, it was by reading the Bible systematically. <laughs> yeah, I gave up the whole, um, you know, Powerball uh, thing to, to Scripture in my late teens. You know, you're like, God, I need, I need direction today. So you just kind of let the wind blow your Bible open and point to a verse. And you're like, uh, Balaam's donkey said what? Um, I don't know how you're trying to speak to me, Lord. I don't get it. So I gave up that and I just kind of read through it. Anyway, so I get to Hosea, the book of Hosea, Old Testament book, Old Testament minor prophet. Um, I wonder if those guys, if they were labeled labeled minor back in the day, if they were like offended. They're like the assistant pastors of prophets. They're, they're not the lead teaching elder. They're like the assistant to the executive, to the, you know, intern, um, the minor prophets. I wonder if their egos would have been bruised, as are so many in the church today. And by no means am I equating. Uh, well, I mean, that's a whole other story. I don't even want to get into. I'm not even going to go down that road. Not even going to go down that road. Um, 
So the scariest verse in the Bible, Hosea 4, verse 17. And if you want to grab your Bible, it's worth reading it and worth highlighting it and worth marking it. Um, Hosea 4, 17. Ephraim is joined to idols. Leave him alone. Uh, I read that and... You know when you read stuff and you're kind of just like your soul is kind of sucker punched? Um, you read a scripture and it just hits you with some weight. Well, that happened a couple days ago when I read that. And it came on the heels of a disastrous streaming service uh, over the weekend um, where, you know, I, I think I mentioned last podcast that We've got the church service attendance Powerball going on up here in Georgia where you have to put your name in the hat uh, to get a spot to sit in a socially distant, masked environment in a sanctuary. And then if your number comes up, then you get a phone call or an email or a text saying, congratulations, you have been chosen by providential luck to grace us with your presence this weekend and participate in the worship of God via singing and the worship of God through the preaching of his word. So congratulations, you are elect the people who have lost the lottery this week. Well, let's just hope they don't backslide too hard. Um, so <laughs> so I, I have no interest in joining playing Powerball to try to get into a church service. It just seems wrong on several levels. Um, so we've continued to just stream things at the moment. The second the mask mandate is lifted um, and the social distancing is lifted, uh, we'll, we'll be attending in person. But we decided to give uh, good old Andy Stanley a try. We, we did it early on in lockdown and it was, it was barely tolerable. And this time around was even worse uh, he started the message by saying, and I quote, confessing and repenting of your sins is important unless it trumps the main thing. And we'll get to that later, end quote. And I was like, what on earth? Like, is he talking about like, like f you know, kind of contrived over the top self-flagellation? confession and repenting of sins. Um, because it seems like when I read the Bible systematically, like not just the wind finger pointing uh, scenario, when I read through the Bible, it seems like confessing and repenting of your sins is quite important. John the Baptist, repent, be baptized for the kingdom of God is at hand. Uh, Christ emphasizing repent. Um, it seems like the New Testament writers emphasized the repentance aspect of of if we confess our sins one to another um what is it first john says that if we say we are without sin we are liars and the truth is not in us um so this whole concept of of repenting and confessing of sin seems to be maybe maybe it's just me maybe i'm out to lunch but it seems to be kind of kind of primary throughout the bible um so it, it, it piqued my, uh, what curiosity? I want to put an adjective in front of that curiosity. It piqued some pastorpreneur curiosity to see what theological contortions he was going to do 
um, to say that confession and repentance of sins is important so long as it doesn't trump the main thing. <laughs> so uh, my, my visceral was to just turn it off and dry heave a little bit and, you know, go from there. But I, out of morbid curiosity, I had to see what the main thing was. So after 25, 26 minutes of rambling and, 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 you know, doodling on a big screen. And, and what's so funny is I, as I watch these stream services, you know, these guys, they're so accustomed to like, you know, it's kind of like the politicians, you know, like you see a politician come out on stage and they like point at somebody, they just point in a direction and, you know, look, they focus intently and they point and they smile like, hey, nice to see you, old buddy, old pal. Haven't seen you. Hey, great to see you. Oh, look over there, too. I remember you. Um, and then when you, you know, go behind the scenes and you learn about political manipulation, uh, they're just tra- like it could be an empty auditorium. They don't care. They know that the optics of it is that if they just focus their their gaze and they point and smile the average Joe Schmo is going to see that and go, oh, wow, they're personable. Look at that. They're actually remembering people that they've met in their past. That's amazing. I want to vote for that person. They're so kind. And oh, look how friendly they are. They could be pointing to a green screen. They could be pointing to freaking, you know, bobblehead dolls. They don't care. They've just been trained to con people with the visual optics of it. And so anyway, we're watching these these streaming sermons and the, and the auditoriums are empty. There's nobody in these places. Um, and yet the pastors are still looking around the, the auditorium, like, you know, turning their heads left to right on the swivel. And it's like, dude, just stare into the camera lens. We all know you're there with nobody in attendance other than the sound tech guy. Um, and maybe the social media honk. Like, we get it. Just own it. And maybe old habits die hard, but it's hilarious to know, to see these guys trying to like, hey, yeah, whoa, I'm looking at you, talking to your soul. And it's just a dusty uh, movie theater recliner with not a body or a soul in sight. And we go to the Tapo Chico. Actually, it's just, it's, <laughs> I'm sure there's some sort of like whitewashed tomb analogy to be had here. It's a Tapu Chico bottle. It's the shell of a Tapu Chico, but it's just standard run-of-the-mill reverse osmosis inside. So don't be a Tapu Chico bottle on the outside with standard run-of-the-mill water on the inside. Um, have the fresh carbonated mineral water from the mountains of northern Mexico inside of you as well. Uh, That was a loosely assembled, barely coherent attempt at making an analogy between my plastic Tapo Chico bottle as it relates to whitewashed tombs. (laughs) Oh, so this, this guy, he's talking 26 minutes later. And he gets around to the main thing. And I can't wait. I'm waiting with bated breath. I'm kind of on the edge of my seat. I'm getting a little nervous and anxious. I'm like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta see what this main thing is. Like I know it's my money, my money is on the fact that it's gonna be hogwash. Um, but I'm just hoping beyond hope that maybe the main thing is gonna be something profound. Maybe it's gonna be like, oh wow, he is right. Um, and we get to it. And my expectations are fully met. It is the 
I think I think what happened in the '90s, and this is a backtracking rabbit trail. I think what happened in the '90s is I think that too many young guys saw Ron Luce and Promise Keepers and the mass appeal that some of those movements had, and they said, "Hey, I can be that guy," and so they jumped into youth ministry. And when they jumped into youth ministry, they co-opted a bunch of really cheesy phrases like world changers um, and count the cost. And uh, the sound box was heavy. <laughs> I've shared that story in my, in my Mimes podcast about uh, going on mission trips in Central America and having to carry some 80-pound speaker um, like some massive oversized boombox so that the translator could, uh, you know, translate the the westernized little skit, street skit. Um, they, they called them dramas, like, you know, I've something drama. I always just called them a street skit. It's like, eh, it's a street skit. I doubt people are going to remember that. Aside from the sovereign moving of God to grab a hold of people, no one's going to remember that thing. Um Oh, could you imagine? I, I should actually go on YouTube and see if people are posting videos of street skits these days. I'm sh- there's got to be some stuff on there. In fact, that's I'm gonna jot that note down. That's gonna be a that's gonna be an episode for another podcast. Street skits. Um, I'm sure locals are like, "Yo, look, check this out." A bunch of Americans came and they're they're dancing in face paint. Um, street skit podcast. That's going to be fun to explore that one. I could do it right now, but I'm already on a stepping backwards rabbit trail, and I don't want to go on a stepping backwards sideways rabbit trail. It would get too convoluted, um, even for me. Um, so I, I think these guys, you know, they saw the the influence and the popularity that Promise Keepers and Ron Luce and some of these other movements had in the 90s, and they hopped on board as youth pastors and they adopted cheesy phrases, which maybe in the 90s were kind of cool, um, but maybe not. I don't know. I mean, I, I watched, like, we watched um, that Netflix, which I actually canceled Netflix this last week, but prior to canceling Netflix, we watched the uh, Gamers. I think it was called Gamers. It was, it was like a four-part, five-part, maybe a six-part, I can't remember, uh, like mini documentary on the history of video games. And if you could wade through the social justice warrior garbage, which is increasingly hard for me to do, there was some there was some interesting snippets on the history of video games. And you know, we were watching the World Championships, the Sega World Championships, hosted by MTV, live from the Rock, uh, whatever that prison outside of San Francisco is called. Um, you know, and we're, I was watching with my kids, and I remember kind of seeing some of that stuff as a teenager in the 90s, thinking it was super cool. And we were watching it with my kids today, and they were like, dude, this is so cringy. Like, this is just so cheesy. And in res- retrospect, it totally is. Um, so, all of that to say, that stepping backwards rabbit trail, I'm sure Andy Stanley got into ministry sometime in the 90s. And my point is they, they got in in the 90s as youth pastors and kind of that cool thing in the 90s, but they never matured out of it. And so all of those cheese ball Sega World Championships, um, they, they never matured out of them. So they just carried 
that 90s residue into 2020 and they still think it's cool. But, you know, you're 62 and wrinkling and balding and you look emaciated and your cool, catchy little phrases aren't cool anymore. Like they were barely cool to begin with, but somehow you're holding on to these things, you know, thinking like some some hippie from the 90s think, you know, holding on to Fleetwood Maxons at the Clinton inauguration. It's like, really? I, mean, I still remember that. Don't stop thinking about tomorrow. Like, and, and all the liberals, are, oh, Clinton's so cool. Look how edgy he is. There's balloons falling from the sky and Hillary's there with Al Gore and they're singing Fleetwood Mac. Um, so yeah, that's essentially what, what pastors are now. <laughs> They're Fleetwood Mac hippies. So he gets to the main thing. He gets to the main thing. And his big soul-changing, world-changing main thing is, quote, to resource the less resourced. Talk about a word salad. To resource the less resourced. And the second he said it, I, I was like, oh, well, here comes the money grab. Let's open up those checkbooks and credit cards, young young people, and uh, call this 1-800 number. And if it had been in the 80s to take this rabbit trail, tra- tra- rabbit trail even farther back, if this had been in the 80s, like a, a Jim Baker sort of thing, there would have been a 1-800 number that popped up. And he would have, you know, began fervently praying for the Lord to prick the hearts of all the selfish people around the country who were spending their money on cigarettes and uh, Michelob and Marlboro's and lottery tickets and instead, you know, prick their hearts to give to the kingdom. Um, And you could have called the 1-800 number and they would have accepted Visa, MasterCard, American Express. Probably not Discover because I don't think Discover was around there. Maybe the Traveler's card. I think that was an 80s thing. We'll even take Visa Traveler's checks. We're desperate. So, of course, when he said our main thing is to resource the less resourced, like even just saying that makes me feel like a schmucky, schleppy, just chump. Resource the less resourced. I don't know how you sleep at night. I don't know how these cheeseball pastors sleep at night, to be honest. you come. They come up with the dumbest carryover phrases from 25 years ago, and they, they, they put them off with a straight face. It's really remarkable. Resource the less resourced. Like, I think the value of my soul just declined. 10, 12% by saying that. Um, so the second he said it, I was like, all right, well, here comes the money. Here comes the money grab. And sure enough, he concludes by saying, normally in a non-global pandemic environment, I would dismiss you to the lobby where there would be several volunteers set up ready and willing to take your generous donations. But in the era of COVID-19, and of course I'm I'm paraphrasing, but not, um, Maybe I should go. Maybe I should just go fill in for these guys because it kind of flows naturally. <laughs> word salad. I am a word salad smith. Um, but in the era of COVID nineteen and the global pandemic, I have the privilege of dismissing you to this website. And up on the big screen, here comes this thing: berich.org. You can go to berich.org right now. And I was like, oh wow. Like this is this is expected. It's expected. I mean, I even said I I, so, so, uh, I opened up my phone 
And somebody had texted me and said the Chief End podcast was down on Apple iTunes. So I logged into Apple iTunes and I clicked play. And sure enough, it said, it said, hey, you know, not available at the moment. And I was like, huh. So I logged into the site or the server and I everything appeared fine. And after about a minute, everything came back to normal. Um, so on my iPhone, the, the pot last episode started playing and it was at the section um, where I said something about, you know, I wish passers would just come out and admit how cheesy they are. And it was like, well, this this week kind of just my wish came true. <laughs> it came true. He just came out, just came out of the woodwork, didn't even hide it. Um, and so I thought, okay, well, it's a money grab. Great. And, you know, I expect with those things, you know, it's, it's like, hey, you know, you go to the site and you see uh, $25 donation, $50 donation, $100 donation, $250 donation, and then other, you know, and it's like, it's just sort of, okay, here, you know, they, they set up the four or five like main ones, 10, 20, 50, 100, um, and then they give you an other. And I was like, all right, cool, you know, whatever. That's what I was expecting. And then the berich.org text disappears. And he says, now normally, normally we would set a particular financial goal. And we would put the total up here on the screen. And we would say, this is our goal. And we would show our progress towards that goal. But instead of giving a total financial goal, what we are aiming for is 100% participation. So we're not setting up a goal and hoping for 100% fulfillment of that goal, dollar-wise. We're setting up a 100% participation goal, and for the low, easy price of $39.95, you can participate. And I'm not kidding you, 39.95 came up on the screen. And if you follow me on Instagram, that, that moment in time is where I snapped a little picture and I put it on my story and I said, I'm kind of confused. Did we just sit through a sermon or a sham wow commercial? And it was a it was a 100% dead serious question. Like, was that the gospel? Did I just get preached to out of the word of God? Or did I just get baited and switched into a sham wow ad? And unfortunately, I think it was the latter. Um, so all of that to say, that's sort of the uh, backdrop for this Hosea 4.17. Ephraim is joined to idols, leave him alone. And I've often wrestled over the years with why do these pastorpreneurs continue to, quote unquote, succeed by hawking such hawking goods of such questionable value and as i read this verse i thought oh holy holy smokes i want to say holy scoovbalon but if you actually look up scoovbalon you might take offense at that phrase um but why not holy scoovbalon like seriously s-k-u-v-b-a-l-o-n you're contributing to people's unpure thoughts Oh boy. Um, it's just Greek people. I'm just quoting Paul the Apostle in Greek. And it's I think it's the only Greek word I know other than maybe agape. And uh, what was the Charles? Was it Chuck Missler? Chuck Swindoll? Chuck Swindler? Um, Koinonia. The Koinonia house. Okay. So there's a couple of Greek words I know. Um, 
you're not equipped. You're not equipped for this podcast. I want to see your MBA and your MDiv before you can spout off on these topics. You don't even know your Greek. Um, so yeah, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking for the longest time, why are these pastorpreneurs permitted to quote unquote succeed by continuing to put forth questionable value content of questionable content or of questionable value. And when I read this verse and I put it together with the 3995 and the our main the main thing is to resource the less resourced. You know, I, I mentioned last podcast, you know, thank goodness that God hasn't licked his thumb and like squished us out. But then I read this verse and I was like, well, maybe he just said, leave him alone. And then I kind of got like, not not kind of got, like I literally got goosebumps on my arms and kind of chills down my back. And I was like, oh man, that would stink if this was the state of the church where God just said, eh, Ephraim is joined to idols, leave him alone. And it harkens back to a lot of Puritan books that I read over the years, and I forget which one it was in, um, but they had this concept, and hold on, I'm, I'm having to multitask here, urgent business thing. Um, oh boy, here we go. Urgent business thing, should I edit this out or just keep it on the DL? Um. Okay, Mister. Hold on. I know it's urgent. I know. I know. I'm trying to multitask. Um. Do 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 do. Fast forward ten seconds. Go ahead and click that fast forward button. Um, okay, there we go. We're, we're, we're set there. Um, so, oh man, I shouldn't multitask. I need to put this thing on silent. It completely broke my train of thought. Free market business responsibilities. Curse you. Maybe I should just become a communist and a socialist. I'll take a fixed income. I don't need to be productive or efficient um, or count opportunity costs or any of that stuff. I just want my free stuff so I can sit around and... Uh, blather on <laughs> I jest of course of course I jest um, so what if what if that's the case he's he's looked and he's said you know join the idols leave him alone and it made me think oh geez Louise like what are the idols what would the idols be well you look around it's fame it's popularity I think it's ease. It's ease and leisure for sure. Um, and you go, that's just America. No, I think it's the church too. Like you follow some of these important people and I think they emphasize, if they were going to emphasize Sabbath and rest and reflection and blah, 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 it would comprise one seventh of their posts if we're going to be biblically accurate. Yet I get on and I look at these people and the ease and the purpose and the fulfillment and the time with family and the blah, blah, blah. It's way more than one-seventh. Six days shall you work and the seventh rest. Now, I'm not a big Sabbatarian. 
I, I moved in that direction a couple years ago. Um, and as it quickly became apparent that it is a rigid form of legalism, I backed out of that. Um, so I'm not saying that I'm a rigid Sabbatarian. Um, and I'm not saying that we should worship the Sabbath because we worship the Lord of the Sabbath. Maybe that's a cheesy 90s phrase. I don't know. Um, but it made me... So two things happened. And, and this is where I'll close. And I want you guys to think on this. Two things happened for me. One, it's made me contemplate the question of what are the idols that the church in America is worshiping that perhaps has caused God to say, leave them alone. And the first ones that I can think of, like as I said, are money, uh, fame, popularity, leisure, ease, um, influence, book deals, social media followings, keynoting certain conferences, which all would be wrapped up into vain and pride and all those things. And then personally, and this is probably where it's scarier, personally, it caused me to ask the question, what are idols in my life that may be causing God to say, leave him alone? And that's a much more uh, personal, scary, soul-searching uh, endeavor. It's easy to sit and point at the externals. Oh, yeah, well, he obviously struggles with X, Y, and Z, but not me. I'm, I'm pure. Um, so I think it's I think it's both. I think we I think we need to look at this verse, Hosea 4:17, the scariest verse in the Bible. And we need to ask what are the idols in the church in America today? And what are the idols personally that could perhaps be causing God to just say, "Uh, oh, leave them alone." Oh, and that's where I was going pre uh, free market needing to make a living uh interruption was the old Puritan books. They uh, and I wish I could remember which one. I, I, if I went through my stack of them, I'm sure I could find the underline in it. It'd just take a while. Um, but they, the concept was that the surest sign of God's judgment is being turned over to your particular lusts. What? You don't need the Puritans to tell you that? That's Romans 1. Um, yeah, okay. So it's Romans 1. You don't need the Puritans to tell you that. But for whatever reason, the way the Puritans phrased it back in the day stuck with me um and i'm sure that they were uh they were what's the word systematically uh man all these churchies words are leaving my my memory banks um yeah i can't think of it system it's the exhort systematic preaching of god's word there's some theological term in there maybe it's good that my brain is dumping these theological terms oh no you're on your way to becoming N.T. Wright or Rob Bell. <laughs> I'm not dumping theology. Don't worry. I just can't think of the term for uh, expounding God's word. Um, you're terrible. So, yeah, the Puritans were doing that. It was, it was Romans 1, and they said, hey, sure sign of God's judgment is being given your desires, basically. And that, that stuck with me because it made me to make a list of my desires. And I was like, okay, what do I really want? out of business, out of life, out of marriage, out of kids, out of living in America. Like, what do I want? And then you make that list and you're like, oh, yikes. So I probably shouldn't uh, run too hard down the path of attaining these um, if they are counter to scripture. Um, because if I get them, uh, according to Romans 1 and the 
exposition, there we go, and the Puritan's exposition of that uh, particular text, it could be the surest sign of God's judgment that you have been given those things, which dovetails perfectly into the scariest verse of the Bible. Ephraim is joined to idols, leave him alone. So I would encourage you to make a list um, or just contemplate this. Don't make a list, contemplate this and ask yourself questions. what What are the idols in the church that may be causing God to leave us alone? And what politics for sure, 100% politics. Like I was on Twitter, even though I closed my Twitter account, long story, I had to reactivate it to do something. Actually, it was to join the cancel Netflix hashtag. <laughs> so I reactivated my Twitter account for one day just to tweet to throw one more little tiny ember on the raging fire that was hashtag cancel Netflix. Um, and then one day later, I deactivated my Twitter account again. Um, but I was on there. When I was on there, there was a I came ac- across a video and someone had mashed up a Hillsong United worship song on top of a Donald Trump speech. And I was like, oh, well, this would cause God to leave us alone. <laughs> and I don't know if it's the Hillsong song that would cause him to leave us alone, or the Trump speech, which would cause us to leave him alone, or the mashup together, which would cause him to leave us alone. I'll leave that up to your own interpretation and uh, debate. But... It clearly uh, struck a a cringy tone, and oh, ooh, ah, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't think when I my reading of the scripture would not lead me to conclude um, that I am comfortable with a worship song being smashed on top of a Trump speech, um, and then captioning it something along the lines of you know God sent us Trump to save our country, like maybe, just maybe, I'm going out on a limb here, maybe, just maybe, there's a slim chance that that might be an idol in the church today. Might just be me. Might just be me. But I'm just going on a limb and saying that politics um, (laughs) and eternal salvation through the GOP um, is likely not in line with uh, the 31,102 verses of the Bible. Just perhaps. So yeah, I'd make a list. Probably politics is up there, number one, I gotta say. And that even challenges me. I've said this before, you know? I mean, I, I clearly in my in my uh, day job, quote unquote, I, I clearly uh, advocate for free markets and creativity and competition and innovation and a bankruptcy and uh, providing better services at better prices to take down your adversary in the marketplace. Um, So I'm sure that even all that stuff could probably fall into the idolatrous category. So lots of food for thought here. And as I normally do when a scripture hits me square between the eyes is... uh, I Googled the, the scripture reference and I slapped Spurgeon onto the end of it. So I did Hosea 4.17, Spurgeon. And sure enough, shocker, he has a verse, a verse, a sermon on this particular passage. Not even a passage, just per, this particular verse. And if you want to supplement your scripture reading of Hosea 4.17 with uh, if you want to supplement your scripture reading and prayer over Hosea 4.17 with something else, I would highly recommend this Spurgeon sermon. 
Um, and it is called Let Him Alone. And uh, yeah, it is it is prescient, I think is the word. My precious. Um, I think prescient is the right word. It's very apropos. Um, and there is a section in here, which I'm, I shouldn't have scrolled back up to the top for the title because I lost my spot where I was gonna say this. Um, let's see, here we go. Um, do, do, do. Oh yeah, here's the part. And, and this is, I think, where the rubber meets the road, as they say, where the resourced meets the less resourced. Um, how many? How many alliterations can we have? Once again, he says, this punishment may be brought and generally is brought upon men when they have done distinct violence to their conscience, end quote. And that is a whole nether arena for introspection and reflection and prayer and thoughtful conversation is the topic of what violence are you doing to your conscience? And I submit to you that social media, viral videos, violent video games, the piping hot sewage stream of content flooding into your living room via Netflix and other streaming services is directly uh, contributing to the violence against your conscience. And probably the best personal anecdotal example I can give of this is back in the late 90s when I was living with a handful of other youth pastors. Uh, one of them bought a PlayStation and one of the assistant pastors at the mega church I worked at was like, bro, you got a PlayStation. You got to get this game called Siphon Filter. Um, and I was like, what? I'm not a big gamer. I like I like Madden. Um, I like running roughshod over the defense with my 1996 Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys offense, juggernaut. Hand that thing on the wide sweep to Emmett Smith, and he ain't coming down till he sees pay dirt. Um, and every now and then, if you needed a long first down, just run a hook route to Irvin or, or uh, Irvin or Harper on the left or right, depending on which side they lined up. And if you need it, if you're like fourth and inches, just give it to, there's some little halfback sneak play with Moose Johnson just up the middle. He'd get like six yards every single time. I love those old video games. There was no skill. You just had to learn the glitch patterns. <laughs> I play Madden now and I'm like, it's like I, you know, got mentally brain damaged in some violent vehic vehicular accident. I, ca I can't play modern Madden to save my life because there's no glitch patterns to identify. It actually takes a little bit of skill and football knowledge. You can't just like find the four plays that are algorithmically unstoppable. <laughs> and on defense, there was one where Tony Tolbert, number 92, could shoot the gap and sack anybody. And I remember playing this one little punk kid I was like 15 at some tennis tournament at this swanky country club and in their little playland for the, the youth. They had a ping pong table and they had a big screen TV with Madden 94 on it. And Madden 94 was the best for these glitch plays. They started to slowly get them out of the way um, for 95 and 96. And then I really didn't play it much after that. But 94 Madden, these glitch plays were unstoppable. And so there was this kid, I was 15, this kid was probably 11 or 12, and he was running his mouth that he could beat anybody. And sure enough, he'd beaten like four people. 
And we were playing like just short, like, you know, two and a half minute quarters or whatever. And I was like, bro, bring it on, you sucker. You don't got a chance. And I ran these glitch plays on him and he just lost it. Like he threw the controller. And the one that he couldn't get out of was the Tony Tolbert shooting the gap sack play for like a loss of seven every single time. Um, And I was talking so much pre-salvific smack to this kid. Um, I'm surprised the Lord didn't turn away from me at that particular point in time and say, leave him alone. (laughs) Pre-salvific smack. Those were the days. Um, Oh, boy. This is this is jumped the shark. I'm Fonzie on a freaking jet ski at the moment. Um, so yeah, something about the '90s. Oh, so so siphon filter, steering your conscience, doing violence against your conscience. This assistant pastor is like, bro, you got to get siphon filter, and I, that's where I went down the other rabbit trail of Madden. I only play sports games. So anyway, he lends me a copy of siphon filter, and I log in, and it's like this James Bondy kind of spy game where you sneak through stuff, and you have to like shoot people and i never played a violent video game in my life like the most violence i'd ever inflicted was like throwing a turtle shell at bowser now all of a sudden i'm supposed to put like a stinking high-powered scope rifle sniper rifle on some dude and cap him in the side of the dome like what um and i i remember feeling highly uncomfortable i was like i can't play this game i can't play it so you know go back to church staff meetings and he and this other guy are just raving about how awesome siphon filter is and i was like ah, i don't know how i feel about killing people they're like bro stop being so soft god redeemed everything man um it's just it's just digital entertainment and so the young impressionable youth that i was i went back and i i started playing it again and i was like oh man it kind of felt good to kill that terrorist and then i justified it oh he was he was going to blow up the subway station anyway So like I saved innocent people as a result. Um, And so the game continued to progress and my conscience continued to not care that I was murdering digital avatars. Um, And we got to the third or fourth level and there was this one level where you had to sneak around and actually use a knife to stink and slit people's throats. This is the worst Christian podcast ever. Um, It shouldn't even be called Christian. This needs an explicit warning. Uh, maybe check in on what your kids are playing online these days, Miss Goody Two Shoes. Um, and I couldn't. It was. I was like, ah, uh, I, I, I don't know. I can't do this. And and then by that point, it was just like, I've got to save the world. And it's amazing how quickly my mind went from being appalled at having to shoot digital avatars on the screen to just running. Hell, Mel, full-on James Bond, Jason Bourne style, even though Jason Bourne didn't exist yet, through this game, just reeking hand grenade havoc, flamethrowers, stinking 12-gauge shotgun blasts at point-bank point range, um, taking down helicopters, electrocuting people. I mean, it just it was grotesque. And what did I do? I got done. I defeated the game. I saved the world. And conviction came over me, and I repented, and I, I burnt the CD. No, I went out and I bought Siphon Filter 2 and Siphon Filter 3. <laughs> I, it's, I'm not trying to laugh about violence against your conscience. I'm just trying to give you a personal example of how quickly the wheels can come off that thing. 
Um, so I don't, I don't think, I'm pretty sure there's no actual, uh, you know, I don't need to repent for um, violence against pixels, but the heart of it is definitely there. Um, and it's why, you know, we've been, in fact, during lockdown, uh, Fortnite was getting a little out of control in our house. And so, I, you know, we'd locked it down and said, hey, you know, you can only play an hour hour at a time. And then it became one hour a week. And then we took, you know, full on breaks from it. And, you know, they went through the predictable withdrawals of shaking and crying and sweating profusely and, you know, feigning death on their bed and whatnot. But, um, you know, in our day and age, it is we have so much gunk at our fingertips to do violence against our conscience that I think we it's I think it's the height of folly and blinded arrogance to say, oh, it's not going to affect me. I can put anything on Netflix that I want and I'm fine. Um, yeah, don't. I mean, the, the devil roars, roams about like a roaring, raging lion seeking whom he may devour. And we would be wise, methinks, um, to guard our conscience. Don't follow the example of this here podcast host and go along with the advice of the assistant pastors at a mega church to inflict violence upon your conscience via playing siphon filter because the next thing you know you will be uh unleashing havoc on your tv screen and feeling all of the stuff in your heart that goes along with that and with that this uh rambling piece of work of a podcast comes to an abrupt close. Um, so Hosea 417, the scariest verse in the Bible. Read it, pray over it, ponder these things. Um, and don't just do it individually. Do that first, but then maybe with your spouse or a friend or a Zoom-based Bible study. <laughs> ponder. Talk amongst yourselves, as they say. Um, and send your questions to podcast at chiefn.org. I am out. Have a good week.